This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Sitting in again today, Chris taking a well-deserved vacation, asking you to continue to be praying for the situation in Lewiston, Maine, the situation in the Middle East. I want to encourage you to have those items on the top of your prayer list these days. And boy, there's a lot of things to be praying for, aren't there? Family members, friends, our churches, our relationships, and uh, we'll be talking more about something to pray for Today, first of all, I just want to give a big thank you to the folks at The Bridge here in Austin, Texas, who make this space available for me to host when Chris is out. Thanks to our team as well. Deb producing today. Chris is at the controls. Lisa and Laura answering your phone calls. You know, each and every one of us, I believe, have probably been touched in some way by cancer. Either personally we've been touched or we have a friend or a loved one who has battled with this horrible disease. Almost everybody in our culture has been impacted in some way. Today, our focus, I hope, brings some uh, encouragement and inspiration. Our topic today, finding hope in your cancer journey. Our guest is Reverend Percy McRae. Reverend McRae has spent more than 20 years ministering to cancer patients and their caregivers. He recognizes cancer care ministry is a special calling from God. He also considers faith an often overlooked key component to cancer treatment. He currently serves as the National Director of Specialized Outreach for City of Hope and provides leadership to the pastoral care staff there. In addition, he oversees Our Journey of Hope, a nationwide cancer care ministry, training, and support program. He also hosts a podcast called Health, Hope, and Inspiration, and we're thrilled to have him with us today. Reverend Percy McRae, thanks for being with us today on Equipped. Bless you, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Let's start with this uh, idea or this uh, uh, phrase of cancer care. If you can, kind of give us an overview of, of what you feel like that really looks like. Well, cancer care is just exactly what it says. It's the ability to be able to care or to provide support, you know, love, encouragement, et cetera, uh, with uh, individuals in the environment of, of cancer. Those may be uh, people who are actually walking through the journey of cancer or those who may be supporting someone on a cancer journey. Uh, today, I hope we're going to cover a number of items. We'll uh, hopefully give you an opportunity to pray for some folks that are dealing with some of these issues. We're going to talk about what the church should be doing. I think that's important because I know more and more churches are actually building cancer care type ministries. So we'll talk about that. Uh, if we can, let's start a little bit with your story. How did you get involved in the cancer care ministry? Well, almost 30 years ago now, believe it or not, I was introduced to an organization called Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, right out of Bible college. And um, they were looking for a director of pastoral care. That was not the direction that I was focused on. I was uh, primarily looking at starting my own local congregation. And um, based upon a conversation with someone, I I decided to sit down and uh, listen to what they had to say. And 
from there uh, began a relationship that now has gone on close to 30 years, 28, 29 years to be exact. And uh, I started out as a bedside chaplain, became uh, the director of pastoral care at one of the regional hospitals. And then from there was uh, promoted to the uh, corporate office with regard to outreach and communication and uh, marketing and so on and so forth, uh, primarily uh, in speaking to the faith community because no one in the healthcare space and particularly in the cancer healthcare space really spoke to or reached out to the faith community. And so we decided to own that space. Uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America now has been uh, purchased and we merged with a larger healthcare organization now called City of Hope based out of California. And here I am today as their uh, National Director of Specialized Outreach and uh, now going on my fourth year also as a cancer survivor of early stage one colorectal cancer. And so uh, pretty familiar with this conversation. Well, I want to stop right there. Uh, you said you've experienced this now yourself, but mm-hmm. but well into your cancer work journey. H- how mm-hmm. did that hit you? How did that affect you when you heard those words? Well, it, you know, I, I tell people very interestingly, I had the privilege and opportunity of a dress rehearsal, right? You know, for nearly uh, 20 plus years before those words came knocking on my front door. So I was really prepared mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to hear those words. But I think that anytime anyone hears that, it you know, you have to let that wash over you. You have to kind of process that and, and really take that in. And, and people respond and react differently. For me, uh, my overall reaction was I was not surprised. And then, of course, uh, internally, I said, well, why not me? You know, uh, I've been mm-hmm. having this conversation. I've been doing radio interviews, TV interviews press about this for many years. I've done seminars. And so uh, I felt that it was a privilege and an honor, to be perfectly honest with you, to be able to stand in front of this community and to say, uh, I understand authentically how you feel in hearing those terms. And I'm now a member of the club. And uh, I told the Lord that I would take that assignment and that I will use it for his glory to continue to elevate and to inspire this cancer community as much as I possibly could with my knowledge and my information. Mm. How, if in any way, do you think it changed or uh, adjusted your perspective on your work? What it did, it just helped to further cement me in that which I was fully committed into, but it gave me the ability to be able to honestly say, as I have taught for many years, never tell a cancer patient you know how they feel unless you have been through uh, an experience of this, and it and it provided me with that authentic and organic ability of agency to say, I know how you feel. And so uh, that just further gave me the ability to stand uh, 10 toes down, as they say, from the community that I come from, uh, and, and with a full-throated endorsement to say that uh, I know how you feel. I understand uh, what that means to you because I've, I've stood in those shoes, and it just gave me a, a greater sense of, of clarity and, and greater sense of commitment to uh, fighting the good fight and encouraging others to do the same. Mm, that's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. You mentioned City of Hope uh, that you work for. Uh, I also mentioned uh, as we started our journey of hope. Can you tell us how, if in any way, those two are related and, and what specifically our journey of hope does? Well, uh, City of Hope is the sponsor of our journey of hope. And so Uh, Our Journey of Hope is a free cancer care leadership training program that we started 20 years ago. I started 20 years ago. And then uh, with the help of others, 
uh, grew this program into what it is today, which basically provides free uh, online uh, uh, support and, and education to faith communities uh, and faith leaders to begin to understand uh, the practical needs of, of people who are dealing with cancer and how to take that and translate that back into their local faith communities. It is a full curriculum uh, with videos and, and uh, documentation and resources that are all made available, again, free of charge to anyone that attends uh, any of the two free online uh, uh, sessions. And that basically will allow them to go back into their faith community and really become entrenched, if you will, and, may, and make available themselves to the faith community of individuals who are dealing with cancer that they know and then be able to provide actual practical resources and support to that community. And every local church should have a cancer care ministry. And as you said in your opening uh, monologue, many are doing so now. We've trained close to 4,000 churches uh, internationally with this program so that there would be no excuse for the local church or faith community to say that uh, they did not have resources. And so according to Matthew 25, you know, among a litany of things, uh, we are encouraged that for those that are sick among us, that we are should be there to attend to their needs. And our journey of hope uh, facilitates the ability to train local faith communities to do exactly that. Let me remind you early on as you're listening today, and I will several times through the program today, that uh, at our website and our Facebook page, we will have links to all of this information that we talk about today, equippedradio.org, equippedradio.org. Facebook page is Equipped Radio, and again, we will link you to all of this information that's available that uh, Reverend uh, McRae will be sharing with us today. You've talked a a number of times already about the needs of those going through uh, cancer and cancer treatment. Can you maybe give us two or three of the top needs that you've found over the years that people have when they're on this journey? Absolutely. Number one, uh, every cancer patient, whether they're cognizant of it or not, uh, really needs a community to be available to them uh, so that uh, if and when necessary, someone that they can speak to, someone that they can decompress their thoughts, their fears, their anxiety, uh, their hopes and their dreams. And so uh, number one dynamic that that the average cancer patient struggles with is a sense of isolation. People stop talking to them because people don't know what to say. And this happens also inside of our local houses of worship, unfortunately. And so uh, it is providing a community uh, of, of people who can be available and accessible to someone uh, that is dealing with that journey, who may be walking this along, or their care and or their caregivers who also needs to be supported. So we forget about the caregivers when mm-hmm. we talk about cancer support, but there is no successful cancer patient that I know who did not have someone that was standing by their side day in and day out as a, uh, uh, a caregiver that was helping them through that process. So providing community for the patient and for the caregiver uh, to be encouraged and supported uh, mentally, emotionally, practically, with practical needs, as well as spiritually. The other thing that uh, uh, the need, uh, which is great, is not to be judged. Uh, Unfortunately, in some faith circles, uh, there's still a belief system that if you only have enough faith, if you only make the right confession, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that you can ward off, if you will, uh, the dynamics of cancer. And that's a just a, a an erroneous uh, theological school of thought that I want to uh, be bold and brazen to say that that is inaccurate. 
uh, some of our greatest faith leaders and or their family members. Uh, Dr. Tony Evans comes to mind initially. Dr. Luis Palau over the last, what, four or five years has had a battle with cancer. And uh, I would certainly say it wasn't because of lack of faith, right, or that there was sin in their life. So cancer patients, uh, particularly in the faith community, need not to be judged. And then the third thing is uh, cancer patients do not necessarily need unsolicited uh, information that you think it will be helpful to them based upon your experience, particularly if it's been negative. Uh, they need to be allowed to drive the bus and to dictate the tone of the conversation. Many cancer patients do not necessarily are not necessarily given the permission to be heard versus being spoken to uh, because of lack of control. They've already been told by their doctors, by their nutritionists of things that they can and cannot do. The last thing that they need is to have members of their faith community kind of overriding them with information uh, versus allowing them to kind of set the tone and the pace of what their needs are. And then we react and respond to them accordingly. So those are some 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 tips right off the top of my head that will be helpful that, of cancer patients and their needs. Reverend Percy McRae is our guest. Our topic, Finding Hope in Your Cancer Journey. And I hope you will get involved in our conversation today. Here's the number, 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. When we come back in just a moment, we'll talk a bit about how the church should be involved. We'll talk more about uh, blessing the uh, cancer patient as well as the caregiver. And uh, we'll answer some of your questions, I'm sure, as well. So call us right now, 877-548-3675. If you or a loved one is battling cancer, you need spiritual encouragement, this is the place to be today. You can share your concerns. Uh, we'd love to pray for you as well. Here's the number, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. And a reminder again, all this information, all the links, everything we can pass your way is going to be on our website at equippedradio.org or on our Facebook page or Twitter at Equipped Radio. Back with Reverend Percy McRae in just a moment right here on Equipped. You know, I've heard that for every one person that sends a gift to support Equip, there are probably 10 others that don't. But I can tell you this, we deeply appreciate every single one of you who support this program. Your impact is huge. Maybe it's been a long time since you've contacted Equip, or maybe you've never responded. Isn't it time to call? Here's the number, 888-644-4144 or equipradio.org. With us today on Equipped with Chris Brooks, I'm Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris, taking a well-deserved vacation. Our topic today, finding hope in your cancer journey. Our guest is Reverend Percy McRae. He has spent 20 years ministering to cancer patients and their caregivers. He helps with uh, training, pastoral care. Uh, he's got a podcast called Health, Hope, and Inspiration. So much to learn from him today, and we're so grateful for his time Uh Pastor McRae, I wanted to ask you, uh, go back to one of the things you were just talking about before our break, and that is, what are some of the biggest mistakes that churches and believers make about caring for those with cancer? You uh, listed one of those or two of those, kind of which are related, which is it's associated with someone's sin and it's tied to a lack of faith. Those are obviously things we need to 
uh, uh, put a death knell in, if you will. Uh, but uh, there are other things, I'm sure, as well, that churches make mistakes about. Just some thoughts about that. Well, yeah, the, along with that is also the idea, again, uh, I remember my first couple of months bedside ministering to a patient, and the biggest mistake I made I learned early on is uh, not preaching at or to cancer patients. Mm. And I know that this is going to sound very oxymoronic from a, a faith-based perspective, but believe it or not, cancer patients are, uh, particularly doing ho- during hospital visits, uh, cancer patients are typically very tired. Uh, in many cases may be in pain and may be medicated and and very lethargic. And so their attention span can be short. And so, you know, coming in with long prayers, uh, uh, you know, kind of sermonizing a cancer patient, there's a time and a place uh, for everything and obviously uh, makes sense, you know, from a faith perspective. But I think what's most important is that when we are supporting cancer patients, that church members or people of faith make the mistake in is not being a good listener. I tell people all the time, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Uh, And, you know, once you do the math on that, uh, this comes into play with regard to cancer patients. They need to be heard. They Mm -hmm. want to be heard. But so many people are telling them, talking to them, directing them, giving them information that quite frankly, they're mentally and emotionally overwhelmed and they, they, they just shut down on people. It's sort of like Charlie Brown uh, when the school teacher is talking and it just becomes wah, 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 wah. And yeah. so we need to practice uh, allowing the cancer patient to speak to us and to engage and open up. And in some cases, our, our presence may be all in, that is necessary and we may need to sit in silence with them, hold their hand and just allow quiet moments of respite with just our presence being a part of that engagement. So learning how to speak less and listen more and be available from a presence perspective. Our phone lines are open, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. If you or a loved one is battling cancer, you need some spiritual encouragement, this certainly is a great place to be today. Let me uh, mention that uh, I, I don't believe Reverend McRae is a doctor, so we're not specifically talking about medical advice per se today, more mm-hmm. about the spiritual hope and encouragement and training resources and things like that. So I just want to, before we go to the phones, let you know that that's kind of the direction we're coming from. Uh, let's go to the phones. Tom, you're listening in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks for your call today. How can we be of help? Yeah, thanks, guys, uh, for listening to me. Um, I was actually got this cancer on my lip. Uh, it's, it started off with uh, about a year ago. I used um, some steroid cream. It went away, then it came back. So I just got off of the chemo cream on the lip for two weeks, and then it got really bad, really bad reaction, lower lip. And then now I'm going on the two weeks of healing cream, and I've done it for two days, and it's, like, so bloody, and it's, like, I can't eat anything. I'm, like, uh you know, blood in my mouth every time I touch my lip. And I just got so depressed. And I'm like, I was just ready to go home to Jesus. I'm like, you know, I'm just, if you're going to take me off of this earth, it's time to go. But then I'm thinking about what he went through. You know, I'll eat the nails in his hands and his feet, you know. And I just, and I, I put the radio on. You guys are there. So I just let it go. That's all. Reverend McCray. Well, first of all, thank you for the call. And, um, yeah, I've, I've been at the bedside with many patients, and in some cases, uh, part of the process of the cancer journey uh, has an element of discomfort, right? 
and that sounds like exactly where you are and where you have been for a minute. And I guess my over, re, overarching response to you is uh, do not give up. This is not the time to give up or give in. Uh, yes, we are going to go meet Jesus and be with him at some point. But uh, based upon what I've heard here, uh, hang in there. This is not the time to kind of throw in the towel. What I would certainly suggest to you is stay connected and find connection with others that you may be able to talk to when you feel those moments of discouragement uh, with regard to the process. Uh, because this is a, in many cases, this can be a marathon and not and not a sprint. So things may not happen overnight. Uh, and in some cases, I've seen the scenario where people have had to experience some tough times before they got to better times. And so today, with that being said, I want to give you perspective. I've, I've ministered to hundreds and thousands of cancer patients who started out not doing very well and had to work through some rough road. But then we're able to get over that and get to the other side and are thriving and, and, and surviving and doing well. And I want to declare and speak that over your life right now that the best is still yet to come and tomorrow potentially is a better day. But right now we got to help you get through today. And so take it one step at a time, uh, one day at a time. And remember uh, that God is not done with you yet. And so stay connected to your medical team, but find some folks uh, or connect yourself with individuals that you can talk to, particularly when you have down moments like this. We are speaking life, health and healing and wellness over you in Jesus name, my friend. Amen. Amen. Tom, thank you for calling. We will uh, we will put you on the prayer list for today for sure. We are grateful for your call. Uh, someone had asked uh, a pastor about uh, a podcast with information about cancer. I know you host the podcast Health, Hope and Inspiration. I'm assuming because of your work that uh, cancer is a is a pretty healthy part of that conversation. That is correct. I am the executive producer and host and uh, I have as my uh, the person that helps me out is uh, uh, someone that you may be familiar with, Mr. Wayne Shepherd. He's my announcer. absolutely good friend, <laughs> the legend, the living legend, the legend. And yes, so, the voice. Yeah, absolutely, the voice. And so I'm, yes. I'm privileged to be able to be partnered with him. Uh, we've now been doing that podcast for ten years, and it can be located at Health, Hope, and Inspiration dot com. Uh, right. We talk to specifically and interview cancer patients. Uh, cancer patients, caregivers, doctors, clinicians, nutritionists, anyone mm. that can speak to the conversation, either from an educational perspective or from an inspirational perspective and from an experiential perspective about the conversation of cancer. So it is only and all about cancer on every episode, uh, close to 300, uh, over 300,000 subscribers that listens on a weekly basis. So you can locate us at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Please tune in, please subscribe, and please share with others in the cancer community uh, this uh, uh, podcast that is, that's making, that is being made available specifically for this audience. We talk about tough conversations, uh, we talk about difficult things, and we talk about things that will bring hope and inspiration to those that will listen. Awesome. That's great. And we, again, will link everybody through EquippedRadio.org or Equipped Radio on our Facebook page. Uh, let's go back to the phones, 877-548-3675. Palace, you're listening in Detroit. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind today? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm excited, but I, I guess I'm supposed to be feeling sad because I've been diagnosed with um, stage 4 breast cancer. And um, I also ended up homeless. I'm in a hotel room. But uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. 
And I think about the woman with the issue of blood. I think about the people who had leprosy. And I'm wondering, what was the thorn in the side? So that's how I see the um, the crisis that I'm going through in my body. But um, I'm just asking for prayer because um, everyone has abandoned me. <laughs> but it's okay because um, the Lord took me up and he saved me. And so this thorn and this wound is a wound like the hands that had nails in them and the feet that had nails in them. So I'm suffering okay, but the rest of my body is so um, renewed, so rejuvenated. And I'm learning about um, the Lord when you really, really need him in a real, real, real hard situation. I'm learning that he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so um, I started a garden because the Lord said, um, make me a garden and you shall live. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So I'm just asking for prayer because um, I'm in a hotel room homeless with no family. But I know that the Lord is the strength of my life. Hallelujah. Mm, mm. Thank Palace, you. thank you for calling, uh, uh, Reverend McRae. Yeah, first of all, uh, let me say thank you for the call. And let me give you a bit of good news uh, from a data perspective. Uh, the most recent data that's available today is that there is now uh, numbers that says that close to 40% of women uh, uh, with breast cancer, there's a 40% increase in uptick of survivorship mm. of those who are being diagnosed with breast cancer. And so that's excellent news. So I want to share that with you. I'm not a doctor, as stated earlier today. But what I do want you to hear is just from a medical clinical perspective uh, that there are more and more women who are surviving a diagnosis of breast cancer than ever before. So keep that in the back of your mind. And I tell every cancer patient that you have a right to believe that you are in line for that healing and for that recovery as well. And Amen. so we're praying for you and we're believing and expecting good things to happen. Anyway. God bless. Amen. Palace, Palace, thank you so much for calling. Here's the number 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. Back with more with Reverend Percy McRae on Equipped in just a moment. Here at Equipped, we have a special group of folks who support the program every month. We call this team our Equippers. One of the benefits of being an Equipper is the opportunity to join Chris Brooks for special webinars. And the next Equipper webinar is coming up Thursday, November 16th. It's going to be right after the program. And Chris is going to be talking about recovering from church hurt. Sadly, many Christians have been hurt by other believers, by church leaders, and often the road to restoration is super challenging. So I want to encourage you to register for this webinar. Bring your questions and find your way to healing. Now, Equippers, registration details are in your most recent Equipper encouragement email. If you're not an Equipper today and want to attend, become an Equipper today. You can do that by calling this number, 888-644-4144, 888-644-4144, or visit equippedradio.org and sign up as an equipper today. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris Brooks for the next few days. Chris uh, getting some well-deserved time away. Our guest today, Reverend Percy McRae, we're talking about finding hope in your cancer journey. Again, a reminder, 
that uh, all the materials that we're talking about, training sessions, videos, links, information, all on our website at equippedradio.org, equippedradio.org, also on our Facebook page at Equipped Radio. One more wonderful resource to make available to anybody today. It's a free download, no charge. It's available on our website, on our Facebook page, and on our Twitter page. And that is uh, 50 Encouraging Scriptures for Cancer Patients. If you would like some of God's Word to uh, help you or friend or loved one through this process, it is a free download resource today on the website, Facebook, and Twitter, 50 Encouraging Scriptures for Cancer Patients. Uh, Phone lines are open, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. Let's go back to the phones. Kathy, you're listening in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for calling today. Your question or comment. Yes, hi. Am I on? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm enjoying the conversation. Um, I'm a retired nurse practitioner from the Underbelt, and I used to teach communication. And so I'm loving the two ears and the one mouth, um, the idea of listening to people when they're going through hard times. The one comment I have is that we have uh, tried to take a turn in nursing and medicine and call people with a disease process as opposed to cancer patients, um, simply a person with cancer, so that we are identifying them as a person first and then a disease process. Years ago, the medical practice would be um, in the hospitals and nurses would do the same thing as, I need to go see the patient, uh, the renal patient down in room four, as opposed to a person with a name. And so even with HIPAA, we've tried very hard to personalize a person first, and then they have a disease process. Yeah, it's a great point, Kathy. I appreciate that so much. And thank you for all of your years uh, in the healthcare field. Uh, I say this all the time. I love and support uh, nurses, nurse practitioners. I tip my hat and salute you guys. You guys do the yeoman's work uh, inside of a healthcare environment. And thank you so much. Uh, Interestingly, I just interviewed a uh, rabbi uh, and we had this conversation. And one of the interesting things that he shared with me from a Jewish perspective is the fact that in Yiddish, uh, the Jewish community does not even refer to cancer by its name. They refuse to say, call cancer, cancer. They they have a Yiddish word that basically says that disease to try to first de-power, you know, uh, take away power from it and certainly not personalize it to an individual. And mm-hmm. I think that there's something to be said about that dynamic and certainly uh, that cancer uh, should not identify who an individual is, right? Uh, and so, uh, and from and from a Christian perspective, at the end of the day, I tell people this: that you know we have to make a decision on on who the big C is here. Uh, and cancer is not the big C; it's the small C. Christ mm. is the big C at the end of the day. And so, the more that we can depersonalize that from an individual, I may be someone who is dealing with the dynamics of cancer, but you know, and 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 I may have cancer, but cancer does not have me. Thank you so much for that point. Yes, uh, helpful. Thank you, Kathy. And again, yes, thank you for your work as well. 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675.
We were talking a bit earlier, uh, Reverend, about a cancer care ministry being a part of a church, and you actually said every church should have this, and I, I'm guessing one of the reasons for that is probably 99.9% of churches have somebody in their church dealing with cancer or with family or friends dealing with cancer. So that makes a lot of sense. What kinds of things should a church understand before they undertake something like starting a cancer care ministry? Well, I think the key to that, and you're exactly right, uh, just based upon the most recent data that I recall, I think one in three uh, men and one in two women are estimated to be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetime. So think about the next time that you're in church, at a restaurant, at a movie theater, count every second or every third person, potentially statistically, uh, that will give you a sense of how many people are being diagnosed with cancer, right? And that's true within uh, within the walls of our local congregation. Prior to COVID, interestingly enough, uh, I think it would be fair to say that the average uh, sickness-related prayer request on any church's uh, prayer roster was cancer. Uh, in any church that you, big or small, across the United States of America. So having said that, cancer is in our midst, and it is in the four walls of our local faith communities, and we can't ignore that. Uh, what every local church, I think, or faith com community should be mindful of is that there needs to be a, a conscious and intentional commitment to the idea that, there, that cancer is in the midst of your faith community and that it, there needs to be a committed uh, ministry to it, just like the children's church, just like the, the, the music ministry. Think about the commitment, the energy and the effort that is exerted to maintain those type of ministries inside of our local faith communities. Uh, and that needs to be true intentionally with regard to a cancer ministry or a healthcare ministry. Uh, it is interesting to me that of the top three dynamics that churches and pastors have to address on a regular basis from a support perspective are either marital, financial, and health related. And yet there is a lack of commitment in terms of resources uh, and manpower and dedication to the idea that we need to be committed to this, be vocal about it, talk about it inside of our local churches and be uh, forthright about the fact that we're not going to just wait for occasions when people ask for prayer and then we'll respond with the obligatory, we'll pray for you, we'll, we'll give you a casserole. There needs to be an intentionality around the fact that prior to cancer, this was our number one healthcare concern and issue that we all were dealing with and addressing. And now that we are now coming, have come out of COVID, the numbers have spiked because of so many people that were disconnected from their healthcare provider. So this is a, you know, this is the the scourge of our day, quite frankly, with regard to a healthcare scenario. And it can't just be a haphazard uh, approach. It needs to be committed, dedicated. Uh, I would even say itemized line item in our budget toward providing a healthcare cancer care ministry. Be intentional and not be just occasional about the idea of having this inside of our local churches. That's helpful. Thank you. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, 877-548-3675. Elaine, you're listening in Indiana. Thanks for your call today. Your question or comment, please. Um, my name, I'm for, oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yes. Uh, I had, was di I am an RN, retired, and never worked around oncology. And in, in 2011, I was all of a sudden diagnosed with cancer, and I passed my mammogram in December. This was June, and it was stage four breast cancer. 
I uh, just knocked me off my socks. I wasn't prepared for anything like that. But I was under the impression, and I'm not sure where I heard it, that I had about 18 months left in life, and I was ready to go home. That That is not a problem. But I wanted to see my grandchildren survive or, you know, grow up and become adults. Well, I am now 12 and a half years out and absolutely cancer-free. And I know that God worked through my oncology doctors to do this. But I want, my heart's been breaking since I heard the lady earlier say that she was stage four, living in an apart, uh, in a hotel and had no friends. And that breaks my heart because that is so important. And I just wanted to encourage her. I hope she's still listening. But hang in there. Just do one step for any cancer patient. You just put one foot in front of the other. And you don't know where tomorrow is. And especially for breast cancer, they now have 3D mammograms that would have caught this many years ago. But I did catch it, and I am cancer-free now. That's what's important. But please support people with cancer. Talk to them. Let them share their journey. That's good. Reverend? Yeah, absolutely. Interestingly enough, because we're still in the month of uh, October, which is uh, honors breast cancer awareness, uh, I just had two interviews. Please go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and listen to the two interviews that I just did with a breast cancer surgeon and a researcher. And we talked about everything that was just stated uh, and articulated. Again, the numbers of how many women are surviving uh, with breast cancer today. So that's good news. And I celebrate you on your survivorship. And again, thank you for being uh, a committed, dedicated nurse. You are the backbone of the healthcare industry. And the other element that I think is so important to understand is all of the new things that can be done uh, with all cancers and specifically with breast cancer, robotic surgery, uh, the ability now to freeze tumors, uh, just so many things that we could not do or thought about doing 10, 15, 20 years ago just because of the advancement alone of technology. Think about your phone. Think about all of the things that we can do because of technology that also translates into the medical community, and that has enhanced and progressed the ability to fight this disease. And we are uh, making closer steps to, uh, I think at some point, being able to say that we have our arms wrapped around this disease and we certainly have good news. And thank you for your testimony uh, we need to hear that and others need to hear that cancer in many cases is beatable, it is treatable, and it is survivable. God bless. Amen. Elaine, thank you for your call. And yes, some many things to celebrate on the advancements on that. 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. When we come back in just a moment, we'll uh, uh, kind of uh, talk a little bit more about how to get involved with the church and what you can do. Uh, individuals, how do, you, uh, uh, how do you engage with those around you? How do you support those around you when they are uh, battling these things? And, and then again, we'll hit on some of these resources that are going to be helpful for you in the days and weeks ahead. Some of them I hadn't heard of, so uh, you probably haven't either. And I want to encourage you to check them all out. They're at our website, equippedradio.org. We'll link you right there, equippedradio.org, or on our Facebook page at Equipped Radio. 
Phone lines open again, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. Back with more with Reverend Percy McRae coming up in just a moment right here on Equip. Stay with us. Equip, it's our goal to help listeners like you to understand and apply biblical truth to the issues we encounter in our culture, our community, and our home. But we need your help. Will you join our family of equippers by making an ongoing monthly donation to Equip? When you do, you'll have exclusive access to regular encouragement from me, as well as our Equipper webinars and other special offers. Become an Equipper today. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. You're listening to Equipped with Chris Brooks. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris today. We're talking about finding hope in your cancer journey with Reverend Percy McRae, National Director of Specialized Outreach for City of Hope. He oversees our Journey of Hope nationwide cancer care ministry training and support program. And along with the great Wayne Shepherd, he hosts the podcast Health, Hope and Inspiration, where uh, he, as he indicated earlier, so much great information from not only people uh, dealing with cancer, but uh, cancer uh, survivors, those who uh, are in the medical field, uh, those in research. They look at all kinds of topics, which I think would be helpful. It's certainly a podcast you could pass along to folks. And we also want to let you know that we've got this free resource available for you. It's a free download, 50 Encouraging Scriptures for Cancer Patients. It's available on the website at EquippedRadio.org, also on our Facebook and Twitter pages at Equipped Radio. Uh, Reverend McRae, I think I think I'd be remiss if I didn't take at least one moment, though this hour we're focusing on hope and there is a hope element to this. But there are times that people do not survive the battle with cancer and families are left just this last week. I lost a friend uh, in the ministry who uh, whose services are tomorrow. She has served the Lord faithfully, ended up living 11 or 12 years past when they thought she would. So she's. Mm -hmm had a lot of additional years on her life, but she was a young lady my age or, or younger, and and uh, it's so hard to, to lose these people, number one, but also their families obviously impacted. Uh, maybe just a thought for those listening, both churches and individuals, on how to respond to family and friends when there is loss like this. Yeah, first of all, my sincere condolences on your loss and for the family of that of that particular individual. Yeah, I've been doing this a really long time, and so I've had to be on the other side of that equation on several occasions, and it's difficult. There's no question about that. And what I would certainly like to say to anyone listening today, uh, if and when, and only if and when you get to the place and the point where that becomes the inevitable, uh, because as was the previous caller, I've seen so many times where things were bleak and dreary, uh, poor prognosis, and individuals were able to, you know, move beyond uh, those type of odds and circumstances. And that that can happen and has happened. But in the event that that does not happen, this is the other side of the equation. And I want to be clear, uh, we are reminded and I, I try to encourage people. This is where we have to kick into our theology with respect to 
if the assignment, as the Bible tells us, that it's appointed once unto every man to die, and then, you know, the judgment, if that's where we are, or if that's where a loved one is, as difficult as it may be, uh, first, we need to kick into the theology if that person is a believer. You know, we remind ourselves of the promise of where that individual is going, that uh, they're going to go to a place called paradise, that they're going to be in the arms of our Savior and our God and our Lord. And that, again, as the uh, New Testament scripture tells us, that we should not, you know, grieve over them as one without a hope, that we will re be reunited with them again. So we have to remind ourselves, right, and work through uh, the grieving process. There is a process. Everyone grieves differently. Everyone grieves at a different pace and a different rate, uh, obviously. And we should never tell or try to dictate to an individual uh, how, when, and at what rate for them to grieve. So with that being said, let uh, give everyone permission and space to grieve. It is healthy to grieve. Jesus himself said he wept over the loss of his friend Lazarus. And I tell people, I remind them of that scripture. Think about this. Jesus wept over the fact that his friend had died and then several days later, he went and resurrected him from the dead, knowing that he had the power and the ability to do that. He still wept. There was mm. still a loss mm. that he expressed and that he uh, uh, articulated within himself. Do not try to repress uh, grieving. Uh, grieving is healthy. Grieving is necessary. And we should give people space, time and, and allow them to grieve however they choose to do so and be there to support that accordingly. Never, ever, ever try to repress someone's grief or loss and expression of such. It is part of our, our humanity. And, uh, and we have a hope uh, in the fact that weeping may endure for a night, but joy can come in the morning at another point and at another time. And, and when we are faced with the dynamic of death and dying, uh, we then begin to rally around one another. We create uh, an environment where we can all lean upon each other and cry on each other. The Bible says that, you know, we should rejoice with those who rejoice and that we should also, you know, grieve with those who grieve. So uh, we need to be willing and able to pivot and do that accordingly. And in that moment, that is not the time to try to point fingers at what did or did not happen and why this individual did not uh, 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 overcome that situation. We typically try to score this, right? you know, that they lost. And the fact of the matter is they did not lose. In fact, they won. They gained mm, yes. because they've gone now on to be with glory. And so it, it changes our paradigm and how we approach this. But it is difficult and it is not simple. But we do need to give space, time and ability for individuals to grieve accordingly and that it is perfectly OK. To Amen. Do so. Amen. I want to remind you folks, be praying for some of the folks we heard today. Elaine, Palace, Tom, uh, Jim called. We weren't able to get to him. Lorraine, others. We had a young lady call with a, a young lady, a little girl who was dealing with a brain tumor. Keep those people in your prayers today. Pray for those around you. Be available to be a good listener. And our thanks today to Reverend Percy McRae. Finding hope in your cancer journey. All the great connections we've talked about are available through our website, equippedradio.org, or on our Facebook page, Equipped Radio. Equipped with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. We'll see you next time.